All right, Galatians chapter 6, and we're going to get into to verse 6, and we're going to read down here into verse 9. So let, let's read. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, this he will also reap. Continue. I'll read here. I, I, I got it here. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let me say that again. Whoever sows to the flesh, one version will say will reap flesh. Everybody say sow to the flesh. You get flesh. We got that. Sow to the spirit. What happens? You get spirit. Sow to the flesh. You get flesh. Sow to the spirit. You get spirit. If that does not happen, then God is a liar. That's why he said, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. The reason why people get flesh when they sow to the flesh is because of the character of God. It's his own integrity. If you sow to the flesh, he gives you flesh. The harvest mimics the seed. Are you catching this? The harvest mimics the seed. Why, though? Because of God's character. It's not the devil. It's it's not the devil that's many of our problems. All right? I need, I need you all to get this stuff now. We're going to get some spiritual teaching tonight. It's not the devil that's the problem. The devil in the theology of the devil has crushed and limited the church. Because we've always had a way out to blame the devil for everything that is not happening in our life. When in fact, it could be what you're fellowshipping with. Yes, there is a tempter. That does not mean you have to go in fellowship with him. Yes, there is one who is trying to shift you. That does not mean you have to entertain it. Amen. You can pull this mic down some more. Um, it's still kind of loud. We don't have to entertain it. So out of God's character, when I sow to the flesh, I reap flesh. But when I sow to the spirit, I've never done a bad thing that I've not entertained in my mind first. Come on, I want you to trace the, the stuff that you're ashamed of. It didn't start at 9, 9 p.m. When, 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 when you had a couple of drinks and you started talking crazy to people. And you start doing stupid stuff. It didn't start then. It started early in the day. Man, I wish I could have a drink. Man, I need to chill out. Man, I, I just need a break. Man, I just need to do something. Somebody called you. Man, what you doing? It started way before you actually physically partook of it. It was a seed planted. And then what happens is the seed grows. Typically, the flesh, you know, I, I've got a garden in front of my house now. I planted flowers a couple months back, and they're growing really nice. But I'm telling you, man, uh, I've got Haven and Kay out there weeding that sucker about every two days. And, and what's funny to me is it's taken the flowers about three months to emerge, and the grass grows in about two days. All the weeds around that grows. in a, it's, it's funny how the negative things grow faster. The things you're trying to eliminate grow faster. You don't have to work the soil. You don't have to do any trimming. You don't have to make sure you're watering them. They find a way to grow in any environment. It's just funny how the, you ain't got to get no topsoil for it. All, weeds are just going to grow. They just find a place to grow and, 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 and they emerge. They break through. They got the spirit of endurance. You can cut them down. They come back. You can spray weed killer. They still resurrect. 
It shouldn't be called weed killer. It should be called weed delayer. Because they find a way to still come through. And, and, and it's funny to me that the things that we're trying to grow take more time. <laughs> all of the positive things, all of the stuff that we're intentionally trying to grow, that we're, that we're seeing, they take a little bit longer to break through the dark, the dirt, the surface. It takes a little bit longer. You gotta feed them right. You gotta make sure the soil is right. They're a little more temperamental. And, and, and you gotta make sure that you're cultivating an environment that is, that is going to be proactive in, in bringing forth what you're trying to see. Amen, somebody. Takes a while for these positive things to come forth. It's funny when you entertain the flesh. It's like almost like you reap the flesh right away. It's like right away. There, there's no weariness with it. There's no endurance that has to happen. It's like, man, I entertain it in the thought process. It comes in the flesh right away. If the enemy can get it in your head, he'll make an opportunity for it to be a reality in your flesh. Whew. I don't need to wait for the things of the world. They're available. They're ready. They're, they're, they're constantly at my doorstep. But the spirit side of stuff is different. I sow to the spirit. I reap the spirit. But it's funny how Paul addresses this when we're talking about spiritual things. Look here. He said, whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Then he says, but don't come weary in well-doing. He never said don't come weary in bad doing. Weariness don't typically set in with the bad stuff, the flesh stuff. Why? Because there's no having to wait for it. It's quick. I get it right now. People don't like waiting for nothing. You can't manipulate what you're waiting to receive. You can't manipulate what you're waiting to receive. You haven't got it yet, so you can't do nothing with it. You know, you can't spend money you haven't received yet. Waiting is a problem for a lot of people because it's in waiting character is developed. Everybody say, God is developing my character. Amen, somebody. So let us not become weary in doing good. This hit me like a brick. I don't know if y'all ever got that spiritual brick in the face, but he, I mean, he... He pitched that boy and it hit me dead in the in the four eyes. Don't become weary in doing good. Don't become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, everybody just say this. Let us not become weary in doing good. Come on, say for at the proper time. Say I will reap a harvest if I do not give up. At the proper time, the, the, the Greek word there, proper, means the appointed time. It does not mean at the time you think you should get it. It literally means at the appointed time when God sees the ingredients in your life that are active and you're doing what you're supposed to do, it's at the time he determines for you that you are now ready to receive it. If you don't give up. If you do not give up. Amen, somebody. Oh, well, I want you to put this down here if you're taking notes. 
Um, I put this down. If we have not sown, then we are not waiting. We are just hoping. There is a big difference between somebody who is in waiting and somebody who is hoping. Many of you are hoping for God to come through in an area you've not sown in. You haven't made any sacrifices, any commitments, any faithfulness, no faithfulness attached to anything. And yet you are waiting in your mind for God to do something. And I'm telling you, you're not in waiting, you're in hoping. You're asking God to reward you with something that you've had no diligence to steward. And it is such a big deal to recognize the difference because I have to be honest with you. Um, there's been areas in my life that I didn't know I was hoping for. I thought I was waiting for and I had the nerve to get offended at God. But God had to, to, to check me like, dude, you ain't done what I told you to do. You're not doing this. That why? Why? It's almost like, why would I give you this? You're not ready for it. You don't even understand. Years ago, I was reading a book called The Purpose. Uh, oh, I don't even remember the name of the book by Miles Monroe. I cannot remember the name of this book. It's been years. But um, talking about purpose, Miles Monroe said he was in the garage one day and uh, he asked for he was washing the car and he said he went up in his storage to grab a rag and as he was coming downstairs to wash the car with the rag, and his wife came out and said, baby, what are you doing? He said, I'm about to wash the car. She said, no, that's a dish rag. He said, well, it still works. No, it doesn't work. That's not, it's not what it's for. And he, he didn't think nothing of it. He said, but, you know, he honored his wife and, and went up to the store and bought an actual rag that's for cars, right? They're bigger. You know, you guys know how it is. They're, they're, they're designed differently. And he said he didn't understand why... Um, she cared about it, and, and, and as he went up to the Torah, the Holy Spirit used this scenario to teach him. And he said, listen, he said, what is a wash rag created for? Miles said back to, to the father, he said, washing dishes. He said, right. He said, the rag that you're going to get, what is that created for? What did this designer created to do? He said, wash cars. He said, until you understand the purpose of a thing, you'll always abuse it. You do not understand its purpose. You will abuse it. If you do not understand the purpose of what you're asking God for, you'll abuse it every single time. So why would God, as diligent as he is, why would God just go ahead and say, hey, they asked for it, so let me give it to them? He doesn't do that. He won't do that. That's just not how God operates. I'm a, I'm a good, I'm a, I'm, I, I like to think of myself, my, my greatest accomplishment in life actually isn't being a pastor. It's being a father. I take being a father very serious. And I try to do the best I can fathering my kids. I love my babies. And there's times, listen, if you've ever been around Haven or KK, my kids will ask for a million things. I, I, it, Shawnee won't even take them to the store. It's always my job because I can endure with patience. They're asking but it's always a million things, and it depends on what aisle that we're in. You know, Haven's at the point where she's asking for Tupperware. Like, girl, if you don't get your little nine-year-old self out of here, what are you going to do with this? You ain't even cooking. And, uh, you know, so it, 
it's, it's one of those things to where they're asking, 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 but they have no real understanding of the purpose of the things that they're asking. They don't even know what they're asking, that what it produces. If I, if I said yes to every need, I would have overweight kids that would be struggling with high blood pressure in five years because they think that breakfast, lunch, and dinner is candy, 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 pizza, pizza. That everything they want and desire is stuff that's terrible for them. If you don't balance it with a salad every once in a while and vegetables and the things that need, their asking is going to get them in trouble because they don't understand what they're receiving and its purpose. They don't know how it manifests. You know, I was at the doctor just the other day because, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm getting a checkup. And the doctor said, listen, you need to chill out on the bread. I said, why? They said, because you're trying to you, you're going low sugar. But I said, yeah, but I haven't been drinking this and that and all this stuff don't have sugar. He says, yeah, but the stuff you're eating converts to sugar. It translates once you eat it to sugar. I said, what? He said, yeah, bread translates to sugar. He said, you need to watch it because even though it doesn't seem sugary in your mouth, by the time it gets to your digestive tract, it's sugar. I said, well, good to know. Right? See, we don't understand what we're asking for. We, we, we think it's one thing at surface level, but it translates to something different. God knows that. That's why he can't give it to you. Until you understand its purpose, you will always abuse this uh, thing until you get its purpose. Amen, somebody. We have to get to a place to where we are valuing the waiting just as much as we are the thing we're waiting for. We have to get to the point where the journey is just as important as the arrival. It has to matter. It has to matter. This is something that, you know, I, I was listening to Denzel Washington. I, man, guys, I listen to a lot of stuff. Um, I'm constantly a student of just life, but Denzel was saying, you know why 3% of people in society succeed? 3% and 97% of people don't. He said, discipline. Discipline. Most people do not have discipline. If you make over $25,000 a year, by the time you get to about 65 to 70, you will have been a millionaire. Isn't that crazy? If you make $100,000 a year, 10 years of salary makes you a millionaire. 50, 20 years. (laughs) What are you doing with the resources that you're getting is the question. The coming, how we steward things, how we discipline our lives is the question. Somebody who makes $50,000 a year, who lives in a house they can afford, is probably going to be richer and better off than somebody who makes a million who bought stuff they can't afford. Just because they got a million dollar check doesn't make them, uh, you know, Any different than you if you're stewarding your money, right? And you're living according to your means. Discipline is what separates the 3% that he's talking about from this. This is what I'm saying. Waiting does something 
to us individually, our character, our appetites, our anxieties, our anxiousness, all the stuff that is going to work against us, waiting is meant to rid us of it. It's meant to develop us. This is where people don't, if we don't triumph here in the journey, in the waiting, in the middle ground, we're never going to get there, wherever there is. It's so important to understand this. We're still talking about being weary and well-doing. I want to go to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Look at this here. Y'all ready? But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. I can stop right there and preach. I can preach or teach that. However you feeling, I'll let you pick. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. It didn't say anything about they that wait on what they're waiting for. He never said anything about they that wait on favor, they that wait on cars, they that wait on houses, they that wait on this, they that wait. He said they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. No wonder you're weary. You're waiting on what you want. You're not waiting on the Lord. You're waiting on what you want. The reason why those who wait on the Lord renew their strength, because he shows up. And the beauty about waiting on the Lord is he shows up when you're not ready for him. The answers you need don't show up until you're ready for them. God shows up even when you're in a premature state and says, come on, I'm going to pull you this way, pull you this way. He's always showing up. He can show up in your life at any dysfunction, at any level, at any time, at any place, at any crossroads. Come on, somebody. Because you can't mismanage him. (laughs) You don't even have to understand him. Because he even passes understanding. He don't even need you to understand him. God can show up at any time, at any place, at any any space in your life. But your answers that you're waiting for can't. God refuses to give you what you're asking for until you've waited on the Lord and the things needed to develop here so you can steward what you're asking for. Pastor, how you know I'm not ready for it? Because you're still anxious. You're still anxious, you're still anxious, you're still anxious, you're still worrying, you're still tripping, still losing sleep. Come on now, come on now. Woo-wee. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Wait on the Lord, you shall renew your strength. I put this down, I was preaching a sermon here probably two, three months ago, and I thought it was worth repeating. But I said, strength is proof you've been waiting right Strength is proof you've been waiting right. If you're walking around weary all the time, you're not waiting right. You're probably in hoping. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for God to do something. Hope, hope, hope. And hope can be a good thing, but hope can be a bad thing too. Because you could put hope in the wrong thing. Come on now. You know, we, we use hope and faith like they're spiritual words. They're not. They're just words. Faith in the Greek literally means trust. You could trust in the wrong thing. You could put faith in the wrong thing. Come on now, the scripture's full of people putting faith in the wrong things. Hope in the wrong things. You know, scripture says hope deferred makes the what? The heart sick. 
Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Proverbs. Matter of fact, let's go there just real quick. Proverbs 13, verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But I love this part here. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. A longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Oh, my Lord. Man, success is often the byproduct of how we handle disappointment. Success is the byproduct of how we handle disappointment, regret. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But why? Why? Because I believe that anxiousness is what corrupts godly hope. And I believe anxiousness is fueled by fear. And fear always manifests itself through control. And control is always the byproduct of a trust issue. And a trust issue is always the byproduct of a surrender issue. We can go all the way back to Adam. It all ends up originating and eating something you was told not to eat. Because then you end up digesting something you was never meant to digest. Then you end up seeing something you was never meant to see. And we are always, man, this is deep stuff tonight. Uh-huh, yeah, because they, they weren't supposed to see themselves the way they seen themselves. They was created to see themselves the way God. Who told you was naked? Their eyesight betrayed them. I tried, see, they wanted to see like God, but they didn't want to think like God. The tree gave the ability to see a thing. It's really, really important. See, we're held accountable once we see a thing. God holds you accountable once you see a thing. Once he opens your eyes to see something, you become responsible for it. Ooh, maybe that's why some of us like the dark. We don't want to see it. We don't want to see it because then we become responsible for it. God shows it to you. Then you have an assignment. At that point, come on, somebody. And some of us have messed up our assignment. He showed it to you. You judged it. God said, cover it. You know, it's, it's man, I'm getting to a point now to where the more I see, the more I'm just thanking God. Say, thank you for showing me that. So I know how to pray. Thank you for showing that. I want to be one of those that Paul talked about. Those who are spiritual restore such. I don't want to be that person, those who see a thing and all death and destruction and hell and everything. I'm not doing that. My, I, I want to help restore whatever the God factor is in that situation. I want to bring that to life. There's enough people in the world that's going to point fingers. I don't want to be that person. I want to be the one that says, ah, you, you got to sing, go ahead and throw the first stone. I'll be the one that when the woman gets up that was caught in the act, looks up and Jesus says, where's your accusers? She says, I have none. <laughs> Isn't that something? She was caught in the act, and the only ones that left was those with motives that Jesus exposed. Man, 
What an awesome Savior we have. Can you say amen? Put this down if you're taking notes. I'm almost done. I just want to get this to you. If you want peace that passes understanding, it often requires we give up our understanding. If you want to know peace that passes understanding, because we're talking about the fix to weariness. One of the reasons why many of us are weary because we're trapped in our head. We're trapped in our head. We have a way of doing things. We have a timeline and when it should happen. We've got all this stuff, you know, that it should happen this way. And I'm telling you, it's because of that that we are literally um, experiencing heaviness and weariness. And I'm going to give you the, the, the main ingredient to weariness. Y'all ready for this? I put this down. Weariness often happens when we try to do God's part of the deal. When you try to shoulder his part of the plan. You walking around, you've done everything he told you to do, and then you don't like the fact that it ain't happened yet. <laughs> because, listen, one, one thing you can't do in the kingdom is self-promote. You can't do it no matter how. It don't matter. You can have every Facebook ad. You can have every social media plug. You can have every relationship. You can talk to every preacher, every corporate person. You can have everything that you put it all in place so you can be a success. That still don't mean you're going to sell anything until God says it's time. Then when God says it's time, all you could have done is one little tiny thing and it goes. Phew. Why? Because it's time. It was time. I was on the phone a couple weeks ago with a. Dude, he's an agent that works for Chandler, uh, what's his name, the Maverick City guy, Chandler Moore. And uh, he's talking about some stuff. This guy's brilliant mind. He's uh, He works with the whole group there, the Maverick City group. And uh, Tammy and Gerald hadn't suggested that we talk. He said, I think that it would be a good conversation because I'm trying to do some stuff differently too. And um, it was just brilliant kind of talking with the, the guy. And he said, you know, man, Chandler was literally – Living, 25 years old, 24 years old, living in Ty Tribbett's basement and was literally evicted out of his own house, living in his basement, had put out uh, several records of himself singing. Uh, Jenna, you, you know Chandler. You, you, you was down there. Um, uh, all this stuff, right? And literally, nobody really knew who he was. And then... Is there anybody more anointed now? I'm like, it's like this dude. <laughs> I just caught him at the Justin Bieber thing, the, the concert. I like, and Justin, that little joker, learned how to sing. Now he can, he can sing, sing. Tori Kelly, you know. I, listen, I'm a, I'm a Bieber fan now. I'm a Bieberite. Um, and he's doing more for the kingdom than most Christians are, by the way. Just in case you don't know, them jokers are having full blown worship conferences, worship things at a secular conference, you know, and uh, some church folk are beating him up over it, like, man, you still singing, uh, I got your weed in California, whatever that song is, right? I know the song, goes front. Um, and, <laughs> and, right, and so they, they're, they're beating him up because of that, and so, I, you know, I'm like, man, like, why y'all beating him up? What if God, that's the only way the masses are going to come? Maybe that's what draws them in because they think, oh, yeah, we're going to go party. They get there and the kingdom invades them. 
And dig this. Some of y'all ain't privy enough to the industry. When you sign a contract with a record company, you owe them so many units, so many records. That song could have been recorded five years ago. And the record company put that out, and he's just fulfilling his obligation to the contract, but decided to say, hey, listen, since I got y'all attention, let's flip this for the kingdom at the end. You don't know why God's doing that. Quit judging something without all the knowledge. Based on all I know is so Chandler Moore. So, man, I was watching the show and Justin was singing. I was like, man, I said, that's great to see him singing. And worse, I thought, listen, I was in my bedroom like, you better sing. He was worshiping, worshiping. Tori Kelly come in. You know, she's, is there anybody colder? Like, she's killing, right? And then all of a sudden, here come Chandler out the background. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it was like, okay, guys, that was a great introduction, but it's time for the glory. It was like, this dude came in. I was like, like I could go outside. Listen, I could go outside and yell, does anybody know Chandler Moore? And nobody's going to respond. No, nobody know who that is. We know him because of our circle. But he's not famous, famous. You can't go out there and yell Justin Bieber. And, like, they would lose their mind. But it doesn't matter when God says, I got my hand on a guy. Guy shows up to the platform. Y'all should watch it. It's like a, it went from here to 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 the to the moon. The presence did. Why? Because God knows him. Something something different out of it. It's just different. Like I was like, man. God just got his hand on him. Sure, he's got stuff in his life that God's working on. But God's got his hand on him. But here's my point. You go from. Living in a man's basement, seeing a background, not being seen by nobody, putting a bunch of records out that was probably dope, but because it wasn't the timing. It wasn't the timing yet. The timing of God had not kicked in yet. It doesn't matter. We always think the product determines the timing. But the timing determines the product. It's absolutely different. We're so worried about our packaging... That we fail to realize that at the set time, God brought forth a man born under law. Come on now. Come on. It was at the set time. At the set time, Christ entered the earth. He could have done it uh, 10 minutes before, but that wasn't the time. It had to happen this way. Everything. The stars was literally aligned. Literally aligned. He changed the world from a manger. Isn't that crazy, y'all? Like, I don't think we get this sometimes. The king, the creator of everything. Everything created. God brought them forth and they literally, Mary and Joseph literally could not even find a room for her to have the king. The baby. You got any rooms available? No, we don't. We're booked. You would think God, with all the timing and all knowing, would have at least said, yo, on this time, I'm going to make sure that room is available. I want this to be done in comfort. (laughs) But the greatest things you ever birthed are not done in comfort. They're not done in comfort and air conditioning, and it's not cool to do it. It's, it's, It's usually completely... In an irritating posture, 
You would have think God would have at least freed up a room or, or the economy would have flipped and God would have said, that's a good place at this point since I know everything that there's going to be a room available. Let's have it do it here. But he didn't even do that. No inn was available. And then all of a sudden, something weird happens. She delivers the greatest gift mankind has ever had in royalty from way in the east comes I don't think we the Christmas story has got so much revelation. Frankincense and myrrh is extremely expensive. This is the gifts of kings. This means mama and daddy was loaded at this point. Came in a poverty stricken situation and bowed down in royalties. Even the stars was pointing to this place. That's how they got there by looking up. That's the only way you get to destiny. You keep that's where weariness comes from. You're looking ahead of you. How do I get there? How do I get there? How's it going to come? That's your problem. The directions, the map, the printed map is here. Come on. I set my affections on things above and somehow following that which is above me gets me to where I need to be. It's very hard to get weary when you're just looking where you're supposed to look. What are you tripping about? It's because you are engaging everything that you're not supposed to be engaging. Come on, get your eyes to the hills where your help comes from. Hey, miss somebody. Last point, you know, Acts 3, just swing there real quick, watch this. Is this okay tonight? Yeah. Acts 3, 1 through 10, watch this. Let's read. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, yeah. the hour of prayer. And a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. When, Peter saw, when, when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. So here's the thing. I want you to notice something here. Very, very critical point. What was the man begging for? Money. Right? Probably because he was hungry. They would literally drop him off there to do that every day. And he was asking Peter for money to fix the situation. But what did Peter give him? Healing. He's asking for money to sustain him in his condition. But Peter gave him healing. I find it funny. I wrote this down if you're taking notes. Sometimes us feeling stuck is God's way of adjusting what we're asking for. The problem is many of us are in a season to where we are asking God something that we have determined in our way of thinking is the answer to our dilemma. 
God knows that you're asking for the wrong thing. And sometimes the only thing to adjust us is a season of feeling stuck. Waiting is meant to adjust us. It is meant to literally adjust us. And so I'm telling you, weariness is typically coming from a place to where we are trying to do things in our own way of thinking, our own reasoning, our own logical understanding. I'm telling you right now, those who wait on the Lord, not on their stuff, wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Wait on God shall renew their strength. Not the stuff. Wait on God shall renew their strength. You're going to be weary as long as you're looking at the wrong things. Get your eyes off of that and start waiting on the Lord. I heard Dr. Lynn Hiles say one time at our grace conference, he said, man, when we work, God rests. When we rest, he works. (laughs) When we learn to rest, God works. So I want to encourage you tonight, whatever it is, because that spirit of of weariness and, and tiredness, it can hit all of us, man. But I'm telling you, you got to adjust. Like the most frustrating times in my life, uh, you don't even have to play now because I'm going somewhere else. I appreciate it, Yvonne. Um, the most uh, frustrating times in my life literally come when I am comparing myself to somebody else's timeline. Somebody else's process, somebody else, period. And when that happens, I'm telling you, that's where I get frustrated because I'm like, well, man, God, they got this and I don't got this and this happened for them and I ain't happened, blah, blah, blah. But you don't know what they've endured. And you don't even know if what you're looking at is God promotion for them. That could have been them manipulating everything to make that happen and they're still dead inside. I mean, how does a person like Robin Williams, who is worth $350 million, commit suicide? Why? Because what he was asking for wasn't the answer. Wasn't the answer. Wait on the Lord and it will renew your strength. Can you say amen? You received this tonight?